Well, man, y'all doing good today? Everybody's looking good. Everybody's feeling good. Man, we had an awesome time in worship. I know I felt the presence of God so strong in worship this morning that it was refreshing to my soul. Amen. Amen, man. This is a, a great weekend. I'm excited about this weekend. I know all the men are excited about this weekend as well. Y'all probably looking like, what y'all talking about? This is the last weekend that we won't have football until January. So from this point forward, every weekend, there will be a football game on a Saturday or a Sunday. So all the men in the house and online can rejoice. Amen. <laughs> football is back. I know they had the Hall of Fame game a couple days ago, but football is back. You can smell it in the air. It's, uh, it's the best time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I know they say this. It's Christmas. Football season and crawfish season are the two most wonderful times of the year. <laughs> But man, I'm excited to be here this morning. Uh, we're in the middle of a sermon series entitled Faith School Part 2. We uh, started off this year talking about faith like God dubbed this year uh, as the year of faith. And so the past few weeks, we've been talking about faith. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about faith to, what was the first one? I'll just, just slip my mind. Faith to, faith, faith to speak. That's right. Just slip my mind. Faith to speak, to have the faith to speak out the things that God has placed in our heart, the thing that, things that God has declared. You know, it takes faith to speak those things out because sometimes you, we want to keep it to ourselves. But no, God wants us to have faith to speak those things out. Last week, we talked about faith to walk, faith to walk. Not only do we speak the things out, but now we have to begin to walk those things out. And it takes faith to walk out the things of God. And today we're going on to week three where we're talking about faith to see, faith to see. Now that I, I'm speaking these things out, I'm walking these things out by faith, but guess what? There comes a point in time in my faith when I begin to uh, speak and to walk that I'm going to begin to have to see some things. And it takes faith to see things that God has placed on the inside of you or to see things that God wants you to see. And we're going to talk about that today, but before we get in the Word, let's just open up. In prayer, we'll get, we'll get started. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Thank you for today. We thank you for this, this moment in time, Lord, where this is our time to tap in into the Holy Spirit to receive exactly what you would have for us today. I pray that today that you would spark faith on the inside of us, Lord God, to see the vision that you have for us. I thank you that we would have the faith, the endurance, Lord God, to endure and to stand the trials of the enemy, Lord God, the tests of this world, that we would have the faith to see and to continue to walk. In Jesus' name, amen. Faith to see. That's what we're talking about today. If you're taking notes, faith to see. And also, all of our notes are on our app. You could download the app. All the notes are there. You could go back and listen to previous messages as well on our app. But faith to see. And it does take faith to see things. And when I say faith to see, I'm not talking about things in the natural. We can all see those things. Everybody can know. Y'all can see me right now. Like, it doesn't take faith to see me. It doesn't take faith for me to see you because I see you. But when it comes to the things of God, it takes faith to begin to speak out and to see those things that God wants you to see. Because sometimes what God wants you to see may not be what it is in the natural. Meaning that God can say, you're blessed, your finances are blessed, and you look at your bank account, and you're like, well, that ain't what my bank account say. My, my bank account, I don't see that. Where am I blessed, God? You say, I don't see. Why? Because it takes faith to see that. 
You may be going through a sickness in your body and you say, well, God says, the word says that I'm healed. It is his will that I am healed. Well, I don't feel like I'm healed. Well, it don't matter what your natural eye sees. It, it matters what your faith says. And you have to have faith to see that, guess what? I am healed. And so this whole message today, I just want to spark your faith to be able to say, God, I see. God, I have the faith to see the vision that you have for me. And God has vision for each and every one of us. No one is excluded. You say, well, pastor, I hadn't been saved that long. It don't matter. God has vision for you. And God wants you to see those things by faith. We're going to look at Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. It says, then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that the runner may carry the correct message to others. Some translation says, write the vision and make it plain. Make it plain. What does that mean? Make it simple. God wants to make it simple so that the hearer can see it and can run clearly and follow the instructions that he's given us to carry it to other messengers. Verse 3, this vision is for future time. So the vision that God gives you or gives us is for a future time. It says it describes the end and it will build and it will be fulfilled. So if God has ever showed you something, you say, God, I hadn't seen it yet. Guess what? It's for a future time that will be what? Fulfill. So it might not happen right away. You say, well, God, I've been waiting for years. Well, guess what? It might not be that time yet. But according to scripture, it says that in time, it will be fulfilled. If it seems like slow in coming, wait patiently. Oh, we don't like that. We don't like, we want it now. When we go to the drive-thru, we want to order it. And when we get to the window, we want to pick it up. We don't want to hear, can you pull up and wait? No, no, no. I want my food now. We don't want to wait. We don't want to wait. We want it now. But it says, if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. So if you feel like you're waiting, guess what? Just wait patiently, because surely it will take place. It will not be delayed. Now, that's not me speaking. That's the word of God. Verse 4, look at the proud. They trust in themselves, and their lives are crooked, but the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. The righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. As long as you remain faithful to God and pursuing him and following him and seeking him, I'm telling you, you will work out. It will work out for your good. It will. You say, well, pastor, I've been waiting. Keep waiting. It just said it right here. Wait patiently. But those are the things that we don't like to hear. We, don't, we want to hear God is going to touch you and he's going to turn your situation around right now. And sometimes he can do that. He will. Sometimes he can perform a miracle right there in the moment. But sometimes we have to patiently endure. And that word endurance, boy, we don't like that. So when we talk about vision, let's, say, let's define that. What is vision? Vision is having the ability by the Holy Spirit to foresee a plan that God has already designed before it happens. I'll say it again. So what is vision? It's having the ability by the Holy Spirit to foresee a plan that God has already designed before it happens. It's just like a glimpse. God will show you a vision or a plan that for something that he's already predestined to happen, he'll just give you a little glimpse of it. But the thing that God does is he gives you a glimpse. He doesn't show you the full picture. 
And we're going to get to why he doesn't show us the full picture, but why he gives us a little glimpse. Because it takes faith to see it. It takes faith to see the vision that God gives us. So you say, well, why do I need vision? You're talking about vision. Why do I need it? It helps us to see things like God does. Vision helps us to see things like God does. God gives us vision to help fulfill the purpose that he's called us to. So vision, so God gives us vision to help fulfill the purpose that he's called us to. A good way of looking at it is this. Purpose gives meaning, but vision prompts action. Purpose gives meaning, but vision prompts action. I'll give you a good example of that. Here at New Life Church, our mission statement, you can see it on the screen, is united by truth, developed in relationships to reach the world around us. That's our purpose. The vision will be, how do we fulfill that? And the Holy Spirit will give us things to do to say, now this is your purpose, united by truth, developing relationships to reach the world around us. That's your purpose. Now I'm going to give you, by the Holy Spirit, vision to accomplish the purpose that I've given you. So when God places purpose in your heart, you say, oh, I'm excited. It gives meaning to me. So now what do I do? You ever been like that before? God has dropped something in your heart, and you, you feel like you're passionate about it, and, you, and you're excited about it, and you want to do it, but you're like, so what do I do now? Well, you need vision. Not only do you need purpose, but you need the vision to see how do I fulfill the purpose that God has placed in my heart. And a lot of times we feel unfulfilled in our purpose because we lack vision. And vision is so important to each and every one of us because we need vision to see where we're going. We need vision to see where we're going. Like that you can be full of purpose but not know where to go. Where do I start? What's the first thing I do? That's why we need the Holy Spirit to drop inside of us a vision to help us fulfill the purpose that God has placed inside of us. But we need faith to see it. Because without faith, you're not going to see it. You just be scrambling, trying to figure it out. So why can't I see vision? You may ask yourself this. So we talked about what is vision, why do I need it, and why can't I see it? It's because of your faith. The reason we don't see vision is because of our faith. You can lose faith in vision if you don't allow your faith to mature. The reason you don't see vision is because of your faith. And you can lose faith in vision if you don't allow your faith to mature. So we constantly on a pursuit of allowing God to perfect our faith. Does that mean that we're going to be perfect? No. But what that means is I'm constantly allowing God to change things inside of my life that helps my faith grow stronger. And anything that's causing my faith to diminish and to draw back, guess what? I'm removing those things out of my life because I want to mature in the things of God and in my faith so I can see the vision that God has for me. But if I never pursue God, then I'll never allow my faith to mature and I'll never see the vision. But we have to allow God, God, mature my faith so I can see the vision that you have for me so I can fulfill the, fulfill the purposes that you have in my life. And it seems simple, right? And really it is. But the hard part is we got to do the work. That's the, and that's why I want to encourage you today. Because I know it's difficult. I'm in a journey myself. I'm not excluded. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean, oh, well, I got it all figured out. No, I don't. I'm in this journey with you. I'm preaching to myself this morning. I'm preaching to myself. I need my faith to mature because I know there's some purpose that God has placed in my heart that I need vision for. And sometimes I don't see it. So what does that mean? God, I need you to stretch my faith because I need to see this thing. 
I need you to make this come to pass. I, I need some help, God. So what does that do? That means that my pursuit of the Lord, I have to intensify it a little bit. I have to take some self-evaluation uh, to say, what inside of my life is keeping me from pursuing God in the way that I need to receive the vision that he has for me? And when we begin to ask ourselves questions and look at ourselves like that, then God will say, you know what? Here's some vision. Let me just go ahead and drop on you because I see your faith is maturing. So how does God mature us for faith to see? I'm going to give you three things on how God matures us for, to have faith to see. The first way that God matures us to have faith to see is this. The first thing is our character. He matures us in our character. And that's what ooh, we don't like that. Our character. Psalms chapter 105 verse 19, it says, Until the time to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. And if you know the story of Joseph, Joseph had a story or a dream that God gave him where he saw that all of his brothers were to bow down before him and to honor him and to worship him. And he began to tell his brothers the dream, and his brothers began to despise him. And it's, oh, here comes that dreamer. And eventually they, they plotted, let's kill him. They hated him so much for his dreams that his brother said, man, let's kill this dude. I'm tired of him talking about his dreams and we bowing down to him, who he think he is. Let's just go ahead and kill him. But then one said, no, 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 let's not kill him. Let's just sell him into slavery. And that's exactly what they did. But God gave him a dream. Just because he gave him the dream doesn't mean that it wasn't going to be fulfilled. But the Lord had to test his character in the process of the dream being fulfilled. And the reason I said earlier that God gives us a glimpse of the vision and not the full thing is, I'm pretty sure if God would have gave Joseph that dream and said, okay, this is a dream. Now, this is what you're about to walk through to see that dream fulfilled. Joseph would have said, don't give me that dream, God. Give me something else. I don't want that. Nah, so I got to go through all this. I got to go to prison. This man wife going to be trying to come at me, and I don't want her. But then she going to accuse me of doing stuff to her, and I'm going to go to prison for it. And then I get to prison, and then I help this dude out interpret the dream. And then he's going to leave me down there for a couple more years. And then, oh, no, 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 I don't want all this. But see, that's what God, he doesn't give us the full picture. He just gives us a glimpse. Because he gave you the full picture of the vision, you say, you know what? <laughs> I think my life was better back when I was depressed because uh, I don't, I don't, <laughs> don't want to walk through all this. You mean I got to walk through all this? Yes, you do. But what is he doing? He's testing your character. He's maturing your character. He, he, he's working on your character. The reason from what you were, where you are right now and to where you want to be is your character. Where you are right now to where you want to be, God is saying, in that time, I'm going to perfect and work on your character. And we have to be willing and say, God, work on my character. So how does God do this? How does God work on our character? There's a lot of ways he works on our character, but I want to make it simple for you today. I want to make it simple and plain because that's what I like to do. I like to make things simple and plain. I don't like to talk over people's head because when people talk to me, I'll make it clear. I want to understand what you're talking about. What do I do with what you're saying? That's what we're going to do this morning. Amen? Amen? So how does God work on our character? The first way he works on our character is this, is our heart. The first way he works on our character is our heart. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 through 10, it says, The human heart, the human heart, that's all of us, the human heart is the most deceitful 
of all things and desperately wicked. Now, I thought you were supposed to follow your heart. I thought your heart leads you to, to all truths, and the heart was follow your heart. That's what everybody say, right? What does the word say? It's the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. That's what it says about our hearts. How really, who really knows how bad it is? We're talking about, I thought the heart, we, we, I have a good heart. Oh, she got such a good heart. Be careful. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. So what does that mean? According to how your heart responds to certain situations determines that the reward that God will give you. That's why it's important for us to allow the Lord to work on our hearts. Because how many times have you said, oh, I'm going to follow my heart, and then you followed your heart, and you realized that was the worst decision I ever made in my life. They told me to follow my heart, and I did it, and I just knew in my heart this was what I was supposed to do, and then it was the worst thing you ever did in your life. I've done that before. I don't know about you, but I know I have. I, my heart then played me plenty of times. So I've learned not to trust my heart and trust the Holy Spirit. So constantly what I say is, God, search my heart. Search what's going, what are my motives and why do I want this? You got to ask yourself these types of questions. If it's something that you really desire in your heart, ask yourself, why do I really want this? Is it just because I want attention? Do I really need that attention? No, then I don't need it. Why do I really want this? Why, why do I really desire these things in my heart? And we have to ask the Lord, Lord, search my heart. Work on my heart. Test my motives. Test my, my, my intent. And when we allow to, the Lord to do that and to, and to perfect this, guess what? Now our faith is drawing closer to him, and we can receive the reward that we, re that we want from him because he's tested and he's worked on our heart. But if you don't allow the Lord to do the work in your heart, he said, I can't trust him because their heart's not right. It's like, I mean, there's so much I want to give to him. There's so much I want to give to her, but they won't allow me to do the work in their heart for them to receive it. So we have to be open and say, God, do the work in my heart. God allows us to walk through trials and difficulties as an opportunity to expose what's in our heart. You want to truly expose what's in your heart? Walk through a season where things don't go your way. Just walk through a little time when things don't go your way and what's in your heart will come out. That's, it, it's going to come out. If you're mad, oh, it's going to come out. If you're bitter, it's going to come out. If you're feeling jealous or, or envious or whatever, whatever that you want, go through a little season when things don't go your way and what's truly in your heart will come out. Because when everything is going great, hey, how you doing? Praise the Lord. <laughs> and you all happy, you all excited, but just let things don't go your way. What's in your heart, guess what? It's going to come out. It's going to come out because you can't, you can't hide it. You could try to hide it. You could, you could cover it up for a little bit, but eventually it's going to come out. So when we walk through trials and difficulties and we walk through seasons where things feel like, God, is this stuff is just not going my way. That is a great moment to say, God, what are you trying to do in my heart? God, what, what are you trying to? Obviously, you're trying to tell me something, God, because I know I'm walking through all this. I'm not walking through all this for, in vain. When I walk through trials and difficulties, please believe I'm not just walking through that and being miserable. I'm going to get a lesson out of this. God, what are you trying to teach me? Yeah. 
What are you trying to speak to me through my heart, through these trials and these difficulties and these things that I'm walking through? What are you trying to speak to me? And I have to slow myself down and steady myself because God is trying to do something inside of my heart. And sometimes there, our hearts can be so calloused. Our hearts can be so hurt and, and, and mistreated. And we can feel abused and abandoned. We can feel, feel neglected. And our hearts are just callous. We, we don't trust people. We cannot even trust God. But God said, that's exactly what I'm trying to do in your heart. I want you to trust me. But we have to be open to allow him to expose what's going on in my heart. You know, in 2006 is when I first, yeah, about 2006, 2007 is when I first felt like I feel like God has called me to ministry. That was like 2006, 2007. Until the Lord made that happen, guess what he did? He tested my heart to see if that's what I really wanted to. Oh, you say you want to be me? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to find out. And I went through so much stuff, betrayal, heartache, disappointments, lost my mom. Like, I went through so much stuff until a time. It took about 10 years for it to come to pass because I, I became a, a pastor in 2000. 17, 15, something like that. I can't remember. But it was about a 10-year period where it's like the Lord just just totally just, you say you want to be a pastor? You want to be called in ministry? I'm going to test your heart to see why you really want to do it. Do you want it for the notoriety? Do you want it for your name to be great? Or are you trying to make my name great? Let's find out. Let's test your heart. Let me give you a little bit. Of, let me give you a little platform, and then I'm going to take it away and see how you act when I take it away from you. What happens when God gives you something that you felt you called to, and then he takes it away? How will you respond then? Will you say, well, God, I thought you, I thought you called me to this. What's going on? Will you get upset? Or will you say, God, well, obviously you have something better for me. But if you don't look at that way and say, God, what you're trying to do in my heart, you always look at God and say, well, God is always taking stuff away from me. Nothing always works out for me. It always goes south. It seems like it's going good, but then everything always turns around. No, 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 no. What's going on? That's your heart talking. God is trying to do something in your heart. And how does God cleanse our heart? You know how God cleanses our heart? Through faith. Well, how does that make sense? When you walk through difficulties and trials, the best thing that you could do is say, God, I trust you. Even if I don't understand, I trust you. And when you allow God to, to move in your heart, and you say, God, I trust you even when I don't understand, guess what? He comes in and he starts removing stuff out of your heart. And the next thing you realize, time goes on, and you're like, man, how did my heart become healed from that? Because you trusted God, and you allowed your faith to cleanse your heart. And you say, well, I don't believe that. Well, it's scriptural. In Acts chapter 15, verse 8 through 9, because I don't want to give you anything that's not in the word. That's not my opinion. This is the word. Acts chapter 15, verse 8 through 9, it says, God knows people's hearts, and he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he cleansed them through their hearts, through what? Through faith. He cleansed them, he cleansed their hearts through faith. How does God cleanse our heart? Through faith. The more you allow God to work on your heart and you trust him and you allow your faith to grow, guess what? Your heart becomes clean and he uses his, your faith to cleanse your heart. But the more that you resist faith and you walk away from faith, guess what? Your heart gets more calloused. 
your heart gets more beat up and torn, and, 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 and you push away from the things of God, and you don't mature in your faith, and guess what? He can't cleanse your heart. But if you want your heart to be cleansed, allow the Lord to stretch your faith. And I'm saying this right now because I know life happens. Because as soon as you walk out of these doors, life is going to be waiting for you. And when you would say, well, how do I deal with this? Allow the Lord to stretch your faith. Trust God. Well, I don't understand. Trust him anyway. There's a lot of things I don't, well, we gonna, I won't get ahead of myself. So I won't get ahead of myself. So how does God test our character, our hearts? That's the first way. Second way he tests our hearts, I'm sorry, tests our character is our mind. Is our minds. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, don't copy the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That sounds like something I want right there. Something good, pleasing, and perfect. But vision is given by the Holy Spirit, and it isn't something that our natural minds can comprehend. Until we renew our minds by changing the way we think, we can't fully comprehend the vision that God has for us. And a good way of looking at it is like this. God can show you something, but if you don't change the way you think, the way that you interpret what God showed you can be off. And it can become weird. I'll give you an example. There was a worship leader in the church that I know that was single. He was single for a while, and all the ladies in the church, because he can sing, he can lead worship, they, they, they obviously, when a person is in front of you a lot, you th- obviously you see them. And the more you see a person, you interact with them, you may have thoughts about them, you may have conversations with them, and you can feel like you know them a little bit more than you really do. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like you feel like you know, I, like I watched uh, T.D. Jakes like, I feel like I know T.D. Jakes. I don't know T.D. Jakes. If he would walk in the room, he'd be like, I don't know you, but I feel like I know him just because I see him. Just like athletes, we feel like we know athletes because we see so much and, and we follow them on social media or whatever. Oh, I feel like I know Beyonce. You don't know her. If she would walk in the room, she would security, get this crazy person. And it's like, we don't know these people, but we feel like we do. Y'all get what I'm saying? So we can have that perception, and if our minds aren't renewed, God can show us something like God can put a desire for you to be married, but you see this person and you're thinking about this person, and you can say, oh, that's it. That's my husband. That's my wife. He's like, wait, that's not what God said. Oh, yeah, God gave me that vision. That's my husband. That's my wife. No, you could just be fantasizing about that person or thinking about him and take something that God has placed in your heart, but that he's giving you a desire for a spouse. He didn't say that that was it. You said that, and it, but if you don't renew your mind, then you'll think, oh, that's the voice of God. Oh, God spoke to me, and you can get so fixed on that that you think that, that this, and then what happened to this situation, the guy, well, he got married. He married someone. You know what happened? All the late, not all of them, but a lot of ladies in the church, they left because they was disappointed because that was supposed to be their husband. This, this supposed to be my, how could he marry her? This supposed to be my. No, 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 you played yourself. (laughs) But what happened? They didn't allow their minds to be renewed. And when God shows us things, we have to make sure that our minds are renewed so we can comprehend it and see it because God gives us vision so we can see the way that he sees things, not the way that we interpret them. So we have to allow our minds to be renewed to say, God, 
let me see this the way that you see it. And when you renew your, and he renews your mind, then you can get a glimpse of it. You can say, oh, I can receive that by faith, and now I have faith to see it. But if you don't renew your mind, you always be confused. Now, what did God really mean by that? Why did he show me this? This doesn't really make sense. You need your mind to be renewed. Another way that you know that your mind hadn't been renewed is you feel like it's your obligation or your responsibility to do God's work. Especially when it comes to family, like a spouse or, or a brother or a sister or, or son or daughter. You feel like it's my responsibility for them to change. I'm going to do God's work, and I'm going to pound them over the head. You need to go to church. You need to read your Bible. You need to do this, and you need to do that. And, and, and you, you put yourself in a position where God says, yes, it's my will for them to be saved, but that's my job, not yours. And we could take spiritual things and try to do it in the natural in our, because our minds hadn't totally been transformed, and we feel like it's my responsibility to get them saved. No, it's not. It's your job to plant the seeds. God is the one that does the changing. And as long as we get in a place where we want to control and we feel like I'm the one that I got to make, if, it's, if I don't do it, nobody's going to, well, it, it's going to get done. It's going to happen. You just have to trust God. But we put our place in a position of God and say, I got to be in control because you think this is how it should go. But nope, your mind hadn't been renewed yet. And you'll miss out on what God has for you simply because you're seeing things simply from a natural perspective. Does God want your family to be saved? Yes, but he doesn't call you to do it. He just wants you to love them and to plant the seeds. He's the one that does the work. And I'm just using that for examples. There's so many different other things that we could do that we try to do in the natural that God's like, no, this is a spiritual work that I'm trying to do that you can't do in yourself. I just need you to renew your mind so you can see it the way that I see it, so you can get out of the natural and have faith to see it and to trust me that it will come to pass. But until our minds are renewed, we'll always get it jacked up. We'll always be confused. Oh, I don't know what to do. I just, I'm just so confused. It's because your mind hadn't been renewed. You're still thinking like the world and doing things in the world, but then you want to come on church, and then you want to, well, I want to serve God today. It don't work like that. You're going to confuse yourself. I know because I did it myself. I played church. I used to be in the club all Saturday night and then raising my hands on Sunday morning, and then, like, why am I confused? Like, I feel like I should be doing more. But it's like I deceived myself into thinking I was closer to God than what I really was, all because my mind wasn't renewed. But the more I started to renew my mind, I realized there's things in my life I need to change. You know, this way of thinking, why do I think like that? That's wrong. Just little crazy stuff. I know this is a silly example, but, you know, they say step on the crack, break your mama's back. That's dumb. But people believe that. You need to change the way you think. But people, it's all types of stuff like that. Oh, well, I, you, somebody was talking about you. Your ears are itching or something. Some, it's just crazy stuff that people believe. And it's like, you just need to change the way you think because that has nothing to do with nothing. <laughs> nothing. Oh, you're going to get some money. My ears was itching. Oh, it's like all types of stuff people say. It's like, that don't mean anything. You need to renew, y'all laughing because y'all know it's true. It's like, you need to renew your mind and see things. It's like, there's so many things that our minds are so jacked up, and we have to watch. What am I allowing into my mind that's changing, that's altering from uh, the perspective that God has? And I allow him to change my character by changing the way that I think. Amen? Amen? So the first way that God matures our faith to help us see things like he does or to have faith to see 
is he tests our character. The second way he does it is through strengthening. It's through strengthening. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. It says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. What would God say he would do? I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. That is the word of God. If you need strengthening, look no further than God. How many of us try to do things in our own strength? You got work. You got responsibilities at home. You got kids. You got bills. You got all these things, and you're trying to do it in your own strength. And you feel, oh, I got it. I'm Superman. I'm Superwoman. I can do it. No, you can't. You're tired. You need a vacation. <laughs> you're just, you just tired. But what you need is the strength from the Holy Spirit, from God, to strengthen you, to help you accomplish everything that he has for you. But a lot of we don't want to do that because we feel, oh, that's weak. I, I got to do it myself. I only trust myself because if I don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. Well, go ahead and wear yourself out then. But God says, I want to strengthen you. It's a strength that only he gives. I'm telling you, there's a strength that comes from God. When I come up here and preach on Sundays, there's been some Sundays I felt like I don't know how in the world I'm going to get up here and preach because I physically I'm weak. But I get in the presence of God, and there's a supernatural strength that comes on the inside of me that gives me the ability to do the things that God has called me to do. And I can't do it in myself. But it's a strength that I say, God, I need you. And he says, okay, son, here you go. Take my strength. But we have to humble ourselves and say, God, I need your strength. I need, like, I can't do this without you. I, and we humble ourselves and we allow him to strengthen us because strength is something that people want to feel like, especially men, we want to feel like we got it together. We, it's just this, this macho thing that we like, I don't need no help. I got this. I got this. Like, we take all the grocery bags in one trip. We ain't going back twice. It's like, I, I, I'm strong. I got this. And it's like, we want to, it's just something about, we just want to feel strong. Like, I don't want to feel weak. There ain't no weakness in me. And it's like, yes, you are weak. You're tired. You just need the strength of the Holy, you need the, a fresh breath of the Holy Spirit to blow on you, to strengthen you, to give you the strength to run this race. Listen, you got a lot of life to live. And you don't need the strength of the Lord to help you overcome. So what are areas in our lives that we need strength from? First area that we need strength from strength from the Lord from is to overcome trials and challenges. If you don't need strength for anything else, you need strength for that, to overcome trials and challenges. Because you walk through a trial, guess what? It can deplete you. It can make you feel like giving up. It can make you say, God, following you, it ain't always what it's cracked up to be. It ain't, this ain't what I signed up for. And you need the strength of God to help you endure those trials and challenges when they come. You need to allow the Lord to strengthen you. What else do we need uh, the Lord to strengthen us in? To resist temptation and to overcome sin. We need the strength of the Holy Spirit to help us resist temptation and overcome sin. Because how many times have you said, you know what, this is my last time. I'm not going to do it no more. Ten minutes later, you're doing it again. Or the next day, you're doing it again. Why? Because you don't have the strength to do it. You need the strength of the Holy Spirit and the strength of God to help you overcome temptation and to fall into sin. You say, God, help me overcome this sin. This, 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 this addiction that I have, this, these desires that I have, I don't want these anymore. You know, there was a point in my life where I thought I would never stop drinking. There was a point in my life where I thought I'd never stop smoking. Like, I just, this is just who I am. It's going to always be like this. I'll never change. 
until I got tired of it and I realized I can't stop. And I just kept doing it until I said, God, you know what? I surrender to your will. Give me the strength to help. And guess what? Now that when I get, dep- not depressed, but when I get stressed or, or something's going on, I, the first thing I think is, let me go find a weed man. That ain't what I think no more. I don't think, let me go, let me go get a bottle of Hennessy. That ain't what I, I don't think that anymore. I don't think who got the, who, what's happy hour this week. That, that I feel I need to get in God's presence because I need him to strengthen me because those things are just temporary. Yeah, they may satisfy for a little bit, but when it's over with and the, when you're high and your buzz gone, guess what? You're going to need another high and another buzz to get that feeling right back, and now you're in the same cycle. I know because I was there. But you need the strength of the Holy Spirit to help you resist temptation and to overcome sin. And this is a big one. You need the strength of the Holy Spirit to do good works. You need the strength of God to help you do good works. You know why I know? Is it easy to do good works for people that you know that treat you bad? I don't see, I don't know, nobody's saying nothing. Y'all, y'all quiet in here. When people mistreat you, is it easy to do good works for them? No. no. So why do what you need? The strength of the Holy Spirit to help you do good works even when you know people mistreat you. There was a season in my life I felt like I was on candy camera, like I'm getting punked, like I know I'm getting punked, because what's going on right now, like this can't be real life. But God says, love them anyway. Don't speak bad about them. Don't, when other people talk about them, you say something good about them. Change the conversation. But you know what they said about me? Yes, I know. Do good works. It takes strength from God to do that because everything inside of you say, I'm going to give you back what you gave me <laughs> 10 times worse. That's what we want revenge. We want vengeance. But that's the Lord's job. That's not our job. What we need God to do is to give us strength to help us do good works, even to people that don't deserve it. And sometimes that's the people that's the closest to you. Because if it was just some random person on the street, you don't care about that. But the person that's close to you, you, just, you expect more from them. So when they don't do good work, oh, so you're going to treat me like this? Okay, I got something for you. And that's, the, that's our nature. That's that heart. When we talk about that heart, that's it right there. That's what's inside that heart. Now, don't trust it. That's why we need God to strengthen us to do good works. Amen? God wants to strengthen us in all these areas because they allow us to be able to endure and have strength to overcome the enemy while we still wait for the vision to come to pass. If we don't allow God to strengthen us, we will get tired in the wait and it will break us and it causes us to walk away from God. So ultimately, you need the strength of God to help you to endure to finish your race. Because if you don't allow him to strengthen you, you're not going to finish. Because at some point along the race, you're going to get tired and quit. You say, you know what? I'm tired of this. I didn't tried it for X amount of time. It's not working out. I'm out. No deal. I'm out. But you need the strength of God to strengthen you. So the first thing, how does God mature our faith to help us to have faith to see is our character. Second thing is through our strengthening. And this is the last thing, is by trusting him. Simple. By trusting him. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4. This is a good verse. Y'all might want to write this down. The Lord directs our steps. So why try to understand everything along the way? Read that again. The Lord directs our steps. So obviously he directs our steps. So why try to understand everything along 
the way. But what do we try to do? We want to know everything along the way. God is like, okay, I want you to do this, but why you want me to do this? But just trust me. But, but why do I? So if I do this, then what's going to happen with this? And we try to play out every scenario in our heads to try to figure, because we want to know everything. We don't want to do nothing without knowing. So what's the response or what, what, what is going to be the result of me doing this? God, what's going to be the result of me trusting you? You're not going to figure it out anyway, so don't try to figure it out. That's why you need to trust him. You need to trust him. It's easier to just say, God, I trust you than trying to figure it out. Because I don't know how old you are, but how, how many of you have figured out life right now? I got it. I'm a master at life. None of us. Because we don't know. <laughs> why try to figure it out? It's easier to just trust him. When Tamara and I took over this church two years ago, we came down here excited, full of passion. But the biggest thing we say is, God, you're going to have to help us because we don't know what to do. So we trust you. And guess what? We're on a trust journey with God. Till this day, every day tomorrow and I wake up, we say, God, give us wisdom and help lead in this church because you know what your people need. We don't. So guess what? We trust in God. We're on a journey of trusting God every single day. I can tell you one thing. One thing about me, I'm not doing this in my own strength. I'm not coming up with messages to say, oh, I think this sounds good. I'm asking God, God, what do your people need to hear? Because I'm trusting God to give me what it is that you need. And in return, God says, here, drop, there'll be a verse or a scripture or something. God says, just study that a little bit more. This, this is what I want you to share. I say, okay, God, I trust you. Or God say, I want you to make this decision. Don't make that decision. Oh, you, what you want me to do, God? Just trust me. There's been so many hard decisions, even in these two years that tomorrow and I have had to make, that seem like, I don't know how this is going to work out. Like this, you want us to do what? And we do it, and we trust them, and guess what? It always works out. But when we don't trust them, and we try to do it in our own way, or I think I have a I know what you're saying, God, but this is how it really should be done. I know best for my life. It don't always work out. But he wants us to trust him. And the faster we realize that we can't figure it out and we won't figure it out and we trust him, the easier life will become. I didn't say, e well, maybe not easier. Simpler is a better way to put it. The less stress, the less anxiety you will feel, the more you trust him. The, 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 the more that you resist trusting him, the more stress and the more anxiety you will feel because you're trying to carry it in your own strength. And we're not built to handle that. We, humans were not made to carry stress. Did y'all know that? We, our bodies were not meant to carry stress. Our bodies were not meant to carry anxiety. And when we try to hold on to that stuff, guess what? That's when we have health issues and our bodies begin to break down and we have mental problems and mental, all these things going on because our bodies were not meant to carry stress. But God says, it'll be a lot simpler if you just trust me. And the, the faster we can realize that in every area, God, if I, I'm going to just trust God. Well, what, what's going to happen if you, I don't know. I'm just going to trust him and see, I just, I got to. Because at this point, it's like, well, until you get to the point where you realize trusting God is my only option, you always try to figure out things in your own strength. It's just a lot simpler to say, God, I trust you. Now, is it always the heart, the easiest thing to do? No, because it goes against our natural desires. Because our natural desires wants to control everything. 
But God says, I want you to relinquish control and trust me. And The more you can let go of control and the more that you trust God, things will start working out for your good. The more you try to control them and hold on to your own strength, it'll keep going the way it's going. Trust him. He wants you to trust him this morning. Amen. We're not going to understand everything along the way, so we must trust, learn to trust God more and more each day. And I know what I'm talking about this morning. For some of you, you're like, man, I got a long way to go. That's okay. Just start one day at a time, one decision at a time. That's, that's, see, the devil will try to make you feel like you got a, oh, boy, you got a long way to go. You ain't going to never make it. Don't listen to them lies. You just take it one decision at a time. God, in this one decision right here, guess what? I'm going to trust you. And just start there and just begin to build and build each and every day on that. And don't try to figure it out. And if you, well, it's been a week and I hadn't changed yet. Well, join the club. It's going to take time. But you have to make sure that you say, you know what? God, I'm going to trust you throughout this whole journey. That's why I need your strength. That's why I need you to change my character, to change my heart, to change, to renew the way that I think. Lord, I need you in every area of my life. I need you to, to, to strengthen me. I need you to trust you. And when you look up, you'll be in a place where you're like, man, I never felt this strong before. I've never felt this confident in the things of God before. Why? Because now you've done all these things we talked about, and you have faith to see the vision that God has for you. And when God gives you vision, it's always for your future. If you feel like your future is bleak and dim, it's because you have no vision for your future. There's plenty of vision that I see for the future, and it motivates me to keep moving forward. But when there's moments when I didn't have vision for the future, guess what? I'm like, man, I don't know what to do. I'm depressed. I'm, I'm discouraged. But as long as you have vision for the future, it always keeps you motivated and excited in the things of God because you know there's something great coming. And I want to encourage you this morning. There's something great coming for you this morning. There's something great in your future. What it, I don't know what it is. God does. Seek him. He wants to show you the great future that he has for you. I want you to say that. Say, God, thank you for a great future in my life. Believe that. You have, God has a great future for you. It's just for you. I, can't, I can encourage you there, but it's up to you to get there. So this morning, I want to encourage you, get there. Get to the future that God has for you. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know what all you're going to have to walk through. But I know if you do these things we talked about this morning, you're going to get there. Amen? Amen. 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 Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. God, we all need faith to see. Let's just lift our hands and let's just, just take a moment and let's just worship the Lord and just pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Lord, I thank you that you've given us all faith to see. Lord, I bind every lie of the enemy, every attack of the enemy that will try to hinder us to make us feel like that we have no hope for the future. That, God, that you have no plan and no purpose for me. That is a lie of the enemy, and we rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I thank you that faith will begin to arise on the inside of us this morning. That, Lord God, that you would give us uh, the strength that we need to trust you, that you would give us the strength to pursue you all the days of our life, that we would begin to relinquish control and we would begin to say, God, I'll put you in the first priority of my life. I will pursue you with my whole heart. I will pursue you with my mind. Renew me, renew my mind this morning. 
change my heart this morning. Remove things out of my heart that are getting in the way of my relationship with you. Lord, I love you. Just out of your own mouth, just tell the Lord how much you love him this morning. Tell him how much you're thankful for him this morning. Lord, we're nothing without you. Lord, we can't figure it out anyway, so we just trust you. We trust you in this journey of life, Lord God. We thank you for the purposes that you've given us, but I thank you that you've given us today vision and faith to see it, to see it come to pass, that you've given us vision to how to fulfill the purposes that you've placed in our heart. Thank you that you're speaking to us fresh today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can put your hands down and you can keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. And I just want to give one final invitation this morning. That's to anyone that you don't have a relationship with the Lord. You realize that, man, I've, I've fallen. Maybe at one point you served the Lord, you've fallen away from the Lord, but you want to come back into right relationship with him and you want to surrender your life to him afresh today. Maybe you're watching online and you want to make a fresh commitment to serve the Lord this morning. I want to pray with you. This is a moment between you and God where God wants to say, son, daughter, I love you. My arms are, well, are open wide and I'm ready to receive you. Come and embrace me. Come and receive my love. If you want to receive the Lord's love this morning, you want to receive the Lord's forgiveness. You watching online or you're in the room, I just want you to do this with no one looking around. If you're in the room, I just want you to lift your hand. This is just a moment between you and God, and I want to pray with you. If you just want to come into right relationship with the Lord, just lift your hands all over the room. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. I want to ask everyone just to do this. Just everyone in the room, place your hand over your heart. And I want everyone in the room, you watching online, just to repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming into my heart. I receive you today. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your mercy. I receive your grace. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're giving me the strength to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give a round of applause for those that made a decision to follow the Lord this morning. I just want to be the first person to tell you congratulations. That is the greatest decision that you will ever make in your life the greatest decision that you will ever make in your life. And if you made that decision, you're watching online, drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that you uh, made a decision to follow the Lord. We love to follow up with you during the week. And if you're in a room and the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect. On the back of it, it says, I made a decision. Fill that out and you could drop it in the, uh, in the uh, bucket during our offering time. And we love to connect with you during the week. Come on, let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ. Well, that's it. That was week three of uh, Faith School, part two, Faith to See. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And if you're online and you're prepared to give, we want to pray for the offering for those online before we dismiss you guys. There's a couple ways that you can give. You can download the app, uh, the New Life Church Mobile app. You can give on the app. You can go to our website, which is newlifemobile.org. Or you can go to our Facebook page to get our address to mail in a check or money order. We're going to pray for those that are prepared to give online, and then we're going to dismiss you guys. Lord, I thank you right now for the tithe and offerings that are coming in today. I pray that you bless each and every person that's giving. I pray that you meet all of their needs, that there be no lack in their home. I pray for increase 
I pray for bonuses, promotions coming their way. I thank you, Lord God, that the blessing of the Lord, the favor of the Lord is over their life and their household. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this morning. We love to invite you this Wednesday to prayer at 6.30. One hour prayer, 6.30 to 7.30. It goes by super fast. You would love it. We'd be in the presence of God uh, praying and worshiping this Wednesday, 6.30. Come join us. We love you. You guys have a great, great Sunday. Amen. Amen.